verse number one, Matthew 5, 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Last Wednesday night, we looked at verse number three. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Tonight, I want us to look at verse number four. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. I want to preach a message tonight entitled this. The Lord dealt with me about this title right before I walked out of the door. The title of the message is Good Morning. Good morning, but not M-O-R, but M-O-U. Good morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you so much that you love us and thank you for the privilege to be here. Every testimony that has been shared this evening has encouraged me. And I thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing, not only in this church, but in individual lives all around this church. Lord, you're at work. Lord, you're moving. You're fixing and you're helping. And Lord, help us to be mindful of all that you are doing in our lives and around us. Help us to be able to glean from your word tonight. Give me clarity of speech. And I pray that you would speak to all of our hearts. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you for all that you do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much. It's good to be here tonight. Those, those that mourn. You know, I've never read this verse, nor have I read verse 3 and really understood what Jesus was saying in a lot of these verses in chapter number 5. I would always read this and I would think to myself, how can you be blessed if you're poor in spirit? Because I didn't understand what it meant to be poor in spirit. Then I get to verse number four and I thought, how can you be blessed if you mourn? I do not ever remember a time in my life where I have mourned or where I have cried or where I've been really tore up. And in my mind, I thought, boy, that was a real blessing to get to cry over that situation. But the more I begin to study this and the more that I begin to read and reference, it's beginning to make a little bit more sense to me this evening. When you study these words, blessed are they that mourn, it simply means to have a broken heart. It means it is, now this is powerful what I found out. It it gives the uh, uh, Greek word here, I can't pronounce it. But it said it's the strongest word possible. It's the strongest word possible for mourning. It is a desperate and it it is a helpless sorrow. But it goes on in the definition and it gives this. And then it begins to lighten up uh, our understanding when we understand what this word means. It's not only to have a broken heart and it's not only the strongest word possible for mourning, but it is a, now this, this ties it all together, listen. It is a sorrow for sin. A sorrow for sin. The first thing that I began to think on when I was studying this, and I want you to stay with me. I've only got just a couple of small points, and then we'll pray and 
And uh, man, we can testify some more. We'll do whatever y'all want to do, but it's just good to be here tonight. But the first thing the Lord dealt with me about is this sorrow for sin. I've never really thought on it like this, but when is the last time that I have been broken over Christ on the cross? When is the last time that I have mourned, I have, I have had sorrow over Christ on the cross? And when you begin to think about what this word means, blessed are they that mourn, those that are, are helpless and those who have sorrow, sorrow for sin, it, it, it changes the way I look at the cross. Because I've got to be reminded, and you need to be reminded, it was because of my sin that Christ was on the cross. So when I not only look at Christ on the cross, I think to myself, the reason that Christ had to go to the cross was because of sin. But then let's break that thing down and make it personal. The reason that Christ went to the cross, yes, was because of sin. But more than anything, I have to realize it was because of my sin. And then I begin to think, wow, that changes the cross completely. That changes the way I look at the cross. That changes the way I think of the cross. James 4 9, be afflicted and mourn and weep and let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. What in the world are you talking about, James? When you think about our sin, when I think about my sin, what does it do in me? What does it do in my life? What does it do in my mind? What does it do in the direction that I am living in? When I think about Christ dying on the cross, yes, because of that, I get to go to heaven. But you know what? When I really think about why he died on the cross, it makes me want to live like I'm going to heaven. Does that make sense to you tonight? Not just to realize that I'm going to heaven because Christ died on the cross, but it makes me want to live. Hey, listen, he died on the cross for my sin and he died on the cross for your sin. Does it do anything in us to realize that Christ paid our sin debt on Calvary's cross? If you understand that tonight, say amen. Amen. But more than that, am I broken over my sin? Am I broken over my sin? Luke 18, 13 says this, And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. A sinner. As I begin to study this, and the Lord begin to help me with it, you and I, Write this down if you don't, if you can't remember this, but you and I will never be perfect. Can I hear an amen on that? You and I will never be perfect. You and I will always come short of the glory of God. You and I on our very best day, we will never do everything perfect. We will never say anything perfect. We will never live perfect. We will never act perfect. We will never pray perfect. I will never even preach perfect. We'll never do anything perfect in this life. Do you understand that tonight? Because we are imperfect people. Yes, we are saved and yes, we're going to heaven. But you and I will never be perfect. There was only one who was and his name is Jesus. 
But the question is this, and this is what this verse is dealing with. How do you feel when you're not? How do you feel when you're not? 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, Godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. Romans 10.9 teaches me that I can confess with my mouth and I can believe in my heart and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So when I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart and I ask Jesus Christ to be my Savior, you know what? That was a one-time confession. Do you hear that? And that one-time confession led to a relationship with Jesus Christ. But stay with me now. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we'll confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This confession in 1 John 1, 9 is not a confession of salvation. It's not a confession of relationship. But that 1 John 1, 9 is a confession for fellowship. You see the difference? And I wonder how many times in our lives when there are things in our lives that when we mess up or when we say this or when we do this or when we go there or or whenever these things happen in our lives, it's not a question if are we going to mess up. This this Matthew chapter number 5 and verse number 4 deals with what are you going to do when you mess up? What do you do when you mess up? Not if you mess up. Because you are. But what do we do when we mess up? Jesus said, blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are they that mourn. I wrote a list of things down here, and I'm not going to be real long tonight, so please stay with me. I'm not preaching tonight on adultery, or fornication, or pornography, or drinking, or smoking, or cussing, or lying, or gossiping, whispering, or backbiting. I'm not preaching tonight on talking back to your parents. I'm not talking about kids not listening. I'm not talking about none of those things. I'm not even preaching tonight on our thoughts. You say, oh man, I have these thoughts. And you know as good as I do, you can't help a lot of times these thoughts that comes into our minds. But the question is, I'm not preaching on none of those things. But the question is, if any of those things is in our lives, how do we feel about it? That's the question. I'm not preaching on a list of sins. I'm preaching on when you and I come short of the glory of God, when you and I blow it, when you and I mess up, how do we feel? How many of you just had a bad thought before say amen? You say, now preach, you know as good as I do. I don't know where that thought come from, man. I was just driving down the road, listening to gospel music, minding my own business, and then boom, here come this thought into my mind, and I'm thinking to myself, where in the world did that come from? Hey, I'm not talking about how do you stop the thoughts. I'm preaching tonight on how do you feel after you have the thought. You hear me? That's what, that's what this verse is dealing with. This verse is dealing with how do I feel? I'm just going to have to say it because the Lord dealt with me about it. If there's any men in here, when you delete a text off your phone so your wife won't see it, I'm not preaching on deleting your, your text messages. I'm talking about when you do delete it. How do you feel when you delete it? 
Any ladies in here that gets a text message from a man and you, and, and you get that text message and you think, oh, no, man, I don't want my husband to see that. And you, and you go on there and you delete that. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not preaching on none of that. I'm preaching on how do you feel when it happens? What's going on in here? What's going on in your soul? What's going on in your spirit? What's going on inside of us when we're doing things that we know we should not be doing and we're saying things that we know we should not be saying and we're living in ways that we know we should not be living and we're thinking things that we know we should not be thinking and every single one of us is just apt to do it at any minute. Can I hear an amen on that? Just any one of us at any minute are just liable to blow it before the sun goes down tonight. But the question still remains the same. Blessed are those that mourn. Are you ever broken over your sin? Have you ever been broken over what you said to someone else? Have you ever said something to somebody and think, Golly, I should not have said that. Have you ever called somebody and apologized for something and they even say on the other end of the phone, man, I don't even know what you're talking about. Can I say to you, that is a good way to be. Blessed are those that mourn. Blessed are those that mourn. You ever flip through the TV? See something on the TV that you know you shouldn't watch? You'll go back to it just for another second or two. The question tonight remains the same. How do you feel when you do that? You say, preacher, you've killed the service. We was doing so good tonight. We was testifying and bragging on Jesus, and now here you are all of a sudden, you're preaching on this. What in the world are you preaching on? Amen. Blessed are they that mourn. How does it make you feel? When I began to study on this blessed are they that mourn, I began to think of a man in the Bible who messed up in my mind worse than anyone could have possibly messed up, and his name was David. David messed up with a woman by the name of Bathsheba, and then David come up with this marvelous plan and had this woman's husband murdered, and all these things happened. And, and you say, yeah, but the only reason why David... The only reason why David done what he done is because he got caught. How many of you, listen, I'm talking to Christians tonight. How many Christians in this service, you don't have to say amen and you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of us are thankful that there's been some times in our life we got caught? Because some of us, if we hadn't got caught, we'd still be doing what we knew we shouldn't have been doing. Amen? Ain't nothing wrong with getting caught. Sometimes that's just the way God works it out. You'll get caught. And ain't nothing wrong with getting caught as long as when you get caught, you do something <laughs> to change and you do something because you realize if you keep doing what you was doing, you're probably going to get caught again. Can I hear an amen? How did David feel when he got caught? Psalms 51. He said, have mercy on me, O God. Mercy on me, O oh God. That's what David said in Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O oh God. You say, yeah, but these people that's done a whole lot worse than David did, and then these people's done a whole lot less than David did. Why did God keep showing favor on David even after he messed up so bad? You know why? Blessed are those that mourn. 
He mourned over what he had done. You see the difference? He mourned over what he had done. He was broken over his life. He didn't just say, he didn't just say, have mercy on me, O God. He said, wash me. He said, cleanse me. And then he goes on in Psalm 51 and says, against thee and thee only have I sinned. Have you ever mourned over your sin? Have you ever felt convicted? Have you ever felt like, oh, no, I should not have done that? Blessed are they that mourn. Have you ever mourned over your sin? Have you ever felt guilty over what you've done, thought, said, seen, been? If you have, say amen. Can I say to you that's a good thing? Can I say to you that's a good thing? That's a good morning. Did you hear me? That's a good morning. I was told a story just the other day of of these two little girls was talking and one little girl was saying some things to the other little girl and and she was kind of like picking a little bit and the other little girl didn't let it bother her but the the one girl just kept on a little and and then when the girl that was picking and saying things that she shouldn't have been saying she looked up at an adult and when she looked up at an adult and the adult made eye contact with the little girl the little girl looked down and then looked back up with so much shame on her face and then said to the other little girl, I'm sorry, you know, maybe me and you could be best friends. That's a good thing, right? That's a good thing. Because you know what that shows? That shows some mourning over their sin. That shows, of, of, even in children, listen, it's a good thing when, when your children, I'm talking about little kids, I'm talking about those that's over in that service. It's a good thing when those little children do something and the mom or the dad or a, or a preacher or a youth pastor or, or a Sunday school teacher just looks at them. And when you look at them, you see this. Have you ever seen that in a child? That is a good response. I'm going to tell you when it gets scary is when they're doing things and they see you seeing them doing it and they look at you and they don't care. That's when things is fixing to really get bad. But as long as that child is tender, as long as that child is still broken, as long as that child mourns, as long as that child realizes, as soon as someone in authority looks at them and they're like, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. And you know what? As a parent, you have to say very, very few words. You don't have to say a whole lot after that. Because once you look at them, Brother Jason, and your son or your daughter looks at you and they're like, all you got to do then is say, stop. Stop. And they'll stop. Blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are they that mourn. I'm sorry, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me get this right. But the Lord dealt with me, not only have I ever sinned or, and then mourned over my sin, but this is, this is a big one. Have you ever mourned over the sins of others? Have you ever seen others and it just breaks your heart for them? That's a good morning. 
That's, that's a good morning. When you and I as Christians get to the place to where we don't care when we mess up, but it's almost even worse when we see others and we don't care when they mess up, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. I know sometimes you'll say, man, it just broke my heart when I seen them do that. It just breaks my heart when I heard that. Or it just, it really, really burdened me. I mean, I mean, I can't really get over what I know. I can't, I can't get over what I saw. I can't get over that. Hey, listen, you don't want to get over that. Don't lose your compassion. And sometimes we'll even say, man, I pray that the Lord will take this away from me. I don't want to hurt over that. Stop praying that prayer. Blessed are those that mourn. Blessed are those that mourn. Blessed are those that mourn. Yes, it hurts. But you know what's amazing? God's the one that gives us that, that emotion of hurt and cry. And he gives us that for a reason. Can you imagine living in a world where you felt no hurt and you never shed a tear? You're talking about a cold world to live in. Don't lose that hurt. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you went to bed with a hurt in your soul. And you dealt with it all night long and you woke up the next day and the hurt in your soul was still there. And you might even pray, Lord, take this burden off of me. Stop praying that. Blessed are those that mourn that mourn over your sin and mourn over the sins of others. Blessed are those that mourn. It's amazing that if you and I would get serious about sin and you and I would get serious about others, it's amazing. Remember what that word blessed means? That word blessed means I will have joy in my spirit regardless of the circumstances that are going on around me. And you say, there's no way to have joy when you're mourning. You'd be surprised what God can do through his word. You'd be surprised what God can do through his word. You ever feel bad over your sin? This message is not to lost people. This message tonight is to save born again believers. Do you ever feel bad when you sin? Do you ever feel bad when you say that? Do you ever feel bad when your mind goes there? Do you ever feel bad? What do you feel? Are you feeling anything when you really mess up? Are you feeling anything when you really mess up? Blessed are those that mourn. Matthew 9, 36 and Matthew 14, 14 speaks of the compassion that Christ had on the multitude. And I believe it's Matthew 9, 36 where he says, it was like sheep that had no shepherd and he had compassion on them. Last thought and I'll be finished tonight. Blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted. That's a promise. It's not a promise from preacher Keith. It's a promise from Jesus. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted by Christ himself. Listen now. 
The Lord took me back when I was lost in my sin. I was headed for hell. And the Lord took me back there, and as I went back there, I saw myself from where I was at, and I saw myself the way I was living, and I, I heard myself the way I talked, and I saw myself in the places I went. And I saw myself as a lost sinner. But you know what's an amazing thing? And then I see myself now as a born-again believer. I'm saved. I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. And when I see myself from where I used to be, it breaks my heart, man. It breaks my heart. But I see myself where I'm at now. And, and the day that I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, not only the joy and the peace and the satisfaction, but the comfort that he has given me since that day that I got saved. Are you with me? Do you remember when you was a sinner headed for hell and Jesus come by and saved you and then you realized you was going to heaven? Do you remember the comfort that gave you in your soul? Do you remember that? Say Amen. Then it's no different when we're saved. (laughs) Now that I'm saved and I'm going through life and I see this or I think this or I do this and it breaks me, Jason. It breaks my heart, man. And I'm like, I cannot believe, I cannot believe that I just said that. I cannot believe that I just thought that. I cannot believe that. And that same broken feeling, I am not getting saved again. Do you understand that? But that fellowship of restoring it back with my Savior because I'm getting right with Him brings such comfort to a believer. You testified it tonight. That's exactly what you testified is what I'm preaching right now. It brings comfort. It brings comfort. And Jesus Christ is the comfort bringer. Amen. He can give you comfort. And then I wrote this down because I feel like the Lord gave it to me. When I'm broken, when I'm mourning, and when I'm broken, for what breaks God? Comfort's coming. When I'm broken, for what breaks the Lord? He will send comfort. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? When I'm broken over what breaks him, it'll bring, he'll bring comfort. I don't ever want to get to the place as a believer to where I can live and do anything I want to do and I'm okay with it. You know what I'm saying? Because if we ever get to the place as believers and even really as unbelievers that when you just do whatever you want to do and you're okay with it, something's wrong with that picture, child of God. Something's wrong. You shouldn't have did that. Well, I don't care. You shouldn't have said that. Well, I don't care. Why are you acting that way? I don't know. Who cares? Something's wrong with that picture. I'm married to my wife and she's not my mama. But even times in our marriage, she has said some things to me and I almost felt like I was in trouble like it was my mama. (laughs) 
It's not that she's my mama. It's just that what she said brought light into my life and it convicted me and I felt awful over it. I didn't need a whipping. (laughs) I'd already got the whipping. Are you with me? How many of you are thankful? I'm being honest now. How many of you are thankful for the chastisement of the Lord? Aren't you thankful for that? How many of you are thankful that sometimes when you lay your head on your pillow at night, you don't have any peace and you don't have any comfort because you know there's things in your life that you really messed up that day? That is a good thing, child of God. It is. It's a good thing. It's a good morning. Good morning. You had any lately? You had any good morning lately? I believe a true, born-again believer will have good mornings in our lives. If you disagree with that, you let me know. But I believe there will be times in our lives where we will say, Oh, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Have you ever said this before, Ben? I feel so eat up with guilt right now. It's okay. It's a good thing. It is. I killed the service, say amen. <laughs> hey, God's good, amen. I need this kind of preaching. I'm not the one that lined up Matthew chapter number five. You just happen to be here on the night to realize it's okay to mourn. All right, Miss Miss Elkins. Miss Miss Hensley. Miss Hensley. If you run, ever run across an Elkins or you ever run across a Hensley and they're not broken for things in their life, write it down. Something's wrong. But you ever seen brokenness? Something's right. Amen? If you ever run across them boys and there's no brokenness or no mourning, something's wrong. But if you ever see that brokenness in a believer, something's right. It's okay. It's okay to be broken, Larry. It's okay when them grandbabies come to you and they're crying and they say, Papa, I am so sorry. That is such a good thing. Me and Tina took the grandbabies out the other day and we took them to play some games and we, uh, we took them to Chick-fil-A and we were sitting there in the car and we was eating. And I'm not going to say which one because Autumn and Adam sitting back here. <laughs> <laughs> and one of our grandchildren said something to Tina that, that, that really they shouldn't have said. It wasn't nothing just crazy wrong, but they shouldn't have said it. And when they said it, Tina said... Hey, you ain't ain't supposed to say that to me. You're not supposed to say that to me. And when she said that, that grandchild started bawling, crying. 
crawled from the back seat over the console into Tina's lap and laid their head on Tina. And she just held that grandbaby, seemed like for 10 minutes, while that grandbaby laid there and cried and cried and cried. And she kept saying, you're not in trouble. You're not in trouble. You're not in trouble. But you just wasn't supposed to say that, and it's okay. I just want to let you know you shouldn't say it. And that little grandbaby cried and cried and cried and cried. And then finally, got back in the back and finished eating chicken and was good to go. But you may tell you something that's even greater than all of that. And closing, and I'll be done. When Adam showed up to pick up the grandbabies, the one grandchild went to Tina and said this, Please, don't tell my daddy. Please don't tell my daddy what I said. Please don't. Did you know that is a good morning. That's a good morning. Let me tell you the difference in it. When they say it and you say, hey, 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 you shouldn't have said that. And then you look back in the mirror and they're like. (laughs) (laughs) Then there's something wrong with the picture, amen. Good morning. Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the Word of God. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're going to do. Lord, I pray that when there's things in my life that don't need to be there, I pray, Lord, that I I realize that and I recognize that. And, Lord, I pray that I, I mourn over that. I pray that something inside of me, which is the Holy Spirit of God, triggers an emotion that makes me realize, stop doing it. And also, Lord, I pray that when I know of others and I see others, whether it be in my family or whether it be a friend, that's not doing what they should be doing, I pray, Lord, that it would continue to affect my life. Because when it quits affecting me, then I lose my compassion And then when I lose my compassion, I become cold towards sin. Lord, that's not what your Bible teaches me to be. Lord, you teach me to be compassionate and you teach me to love. And just as Pastor Jason testified of his neighbors, he needs to have love and compassion towards those ladies. And I pray, Lord, that you would continue to break Pastor Jason for what breaks you. And then, Lord, there will be an amazing work done by the Holy Spirit. I thank you and I praise you for all that you've done, and I thank you for all that you're going to do. For blessed are those that mourn, for they shall be comforted. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all come down the altar tonight. Everybody that can and will, let's come to the altar tonight. And we'll close out this service with a closing prayer. And uh, as you're coming, if there's something that really needs to be mentioned, you mention it. I know Terry Burnett had surgery today. I've uh, 